Well, hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. We are on the air. The Two Half Squads is back on the air. On the air. This is the Two Half Squads. You can tell by my hat. And if you're listening, I'm wearing a hat that says the Two Half Squads. Okay. He is indeed. It's a podcast. The one and only podcast, and now a uh, YouTube channel dedicated 100%. Well, we're probably, we're not the only one on YouTube. Uh, we are the only podcast on YouTube. Yes, dedicated to the greatest game in the world, which would be Advanced Squad Leadout. Yes, I, I knew it would, I, it would come to me. You didn't have to fill in for me. I ain't, uh, you know, gone totally uh, crazy. You're looking so, good, though. Good to see you, Dave. Good to see you. So I'm wearing these. These yeah. are dirty glasses. You look more intelligent. Yeah, I, glasses on. I do everything I can to look more intelligent, as long as I don't have to be more intelligent. How's my hair look? So, uh, how are you? See, I try to appear more stupid. That way people expect less <laughs> of me. That might be a, a good idea. I might have to go for that. I need to lower my bar. <laughs> so, we're here we are uh, once again in the broadcast foxhole, second time in in as many weeks, which is pretty spectacular. It is. Good to see you again in the flesh. And I'm gonna direct you for those people that are watching, I'll, I'll move my camera a little bit. For those people listening, it's theater of the mind. But in the, in the last episode, you know, I talked about our, my mouse issue. Oh yes. And the mouse is, the, the old mouse is over there in the soffit, the old mouse entry point. Well. Today I was I was just back over here, um, looking at this shelf behind me, and I haven't looked at here for a while. And I noticed oh. there's all this stuff, and I thought there, there's all these caraway seeds all over this shelf. Why? Oh, is it really? Why are there caraway seeds all over this shelf? And I thought, did did my wife come down here and sprinkle caraway seeds on my shelf? Were you eating a bagel over there? Uh, yeah, was yeah, was I eating a bagel? I think it's mouse droppings. I think it is. Just in case it's it's caraway seeds. Well, so you know what? I could taste one Why and see. Smell. Yeah. yeah. Taste it and see. <laughs> Put a stick from. Yeah. Yeah. Put it on a bagel. Oh, taste. So mouse poop. Oh, good thing we didn't step in there. Yeah. So shocked. I'm shocked. I mean, it looks like. Yeah, It looks like there's been a party of mice like a, a dozen or so having a hoot nanny, an all-you-can-eat buffet, and plus the aftermath. And so I looked at the above the soffit right here, uh -huh. and there's a hole. There's a perfectly round hole in the insulation. Oh, I see it. So I think mice are coming in there. I'm not sure where I'm going to put my trap, but stay tuned. <laughs> the saga continues. I have so, not had any opossum encounters. Oh, well, that's good. But a listener did send us a link explaining possum and opossum in New Zealand or Australia, wherever it was you were talking about. Yeah. Okay, good. And was I right? Yes. So, wow. These glasses really work. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, what have you been up to? Well, I saw... Um, we were going to go see the Northman, Megan and I, and it was gone mostly. So traveled too far to go see it. So the Northman, a movie, movie. Okay. And then we went to see everything, everywhere, all at once. Which really, I wow, who's got time? It was fascinating, 
in a lot of ways, it's kind of a comedy multiverse show. And it was funny and it was wacky some of the time, mm. which was, which I really enjoy. And it was emotional. It was about relationships and restoring relationships. So I give it two thumbs up. Oh, but never heard of it. You know, I had remembered seeing some article about Doctor Strange multiverse and then this movie multiverse. And that was the last I heard about it. Yeah. And I was really glad I went with we, we talked about uh, the fact that back in our younger days, we would, you and I both, we, the Sunday paper would come, you open up the movie section and we'd scan the movie section and see yeah. all the things, all the movies. We knew every movie. We knew every movie. Where they were playing and everything. And now, I, of course, we don't get the paper anymore. Do you still get a paper? Newspaper? No. Yeah. You have, to go, you have to go online and look at the theater. Yeah. So I have no idea what's out and it's it's hard to keep up. I complain about it all the time and I'm not likely to stop. It's it's hard to keep up with all the content that's coming out on all the different streaming services, let alone the movie theaters. So yeah, this one, I kind of like to get your response. Maybe you and Robin can watch it when it comes out at home or something. Yeah, we'll get it on Betamax. Yeah. Or Laserdisc. <laughs> Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, it got me emotionally, but that's not that hard to do. You're a soft in touch. my old age. Yeah. Um, and the Dark Shadows is continuing. They had a seance now, so it's going in a kind of different direction. So what season are you in? Two. You're only in season two, like episode 400? Uh, yeah. Oh, there's probably there's only 200 episodes a year or something. No, no. Not that many? No. Oh. So let's get it. Oh, oh, yeah. I was just going to say, what are we? Let's get on with the show. No, you. No, you. Well, it is Memorial Day weekend. Yes, it is. So we want to honor our veterans who, well, not Veterans Day, but um, those that have died for our freedom. And yeah, I went to try to go to the parade this morning. Did you? I woke up and, oh, I'm going to Google that. And Dave Timmons' son was in it. And so it says it started at 10.15, and I thought by the time they get down to the corner by the church, it would be, I could probably get there for the end of it on my bike. So I'm riding my bike there, and it's going on 11 already. And then Dave texts, I go, where are you sitting? And he goes, yeah, in the usual spot. And so, and then he texts, okay, it's over. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a shorter parade on Memorial Day yes. than the 4th of July parade. Yes, it is. By a lot. Yeah. So, Oh well, I tried to go. Yeah, we missed. We did. We didn't go this year at all, just out of habit, I guess. The last uh, three years, we haven't gone, so we missed it. But we we did think about it, and uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a sad day, kind of a sad day. It's mm -hmm. a terrible, terrible thing. But uh, yeah, better on a lighter note. Yes. Yeah. Please. <laughs> what do we uh, What do we got going on here, Dave? It's time for Box Art Review. See how it makes Just hearing the music. It's lovely. Box Art Review. I can pick my nose behind this box. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know that we need to know that even. It's 
it's time to look at Howl Legion's Wow, wow. I mean, this is something you only get on the Two Half Squats podcast. Absolutely. Now, this work is by our good friend. Ken? Ken, Ken Smith. Smith. Oh, okay, great. And do you know the name of this work of art, Jeff? Uh, no, it never occurred to me that it had a name, but I'm, I'm sure it's not something like, um, it's not, not something like uh, Surrealistic Impressions number six. <laughs> No. No. Okay. Abstraction number four. Yeah. Do you know, in our history class, we used to look for things in the painting to memorize the year. So, if, let's say this was painted in 2022, you might you might go, "Oh, there's two guys in the front." So, 22. That's how we'll remember on our test. And then, when it got into the abstraction and the drip oh, paintings, yes, it was really hard. Yeah, I could imagine. Fun. A number there, but so we go. Oh, look, that shape kind of like a six. That yeah. so okay, 60, 68. Because the year a painting is painted is important. But we did have to memorize it all. You know, it kind What's of. What's wrong with uh, our educational system? Yeah, but we also learned the meaning of it, which is how I can explain to you all the different art movements. Yeah, okay. It really did give me an appreciation of them. Okay. For real. I know yeah. we can't get into all that today. <laughs> I still want to show you my slides of my artwork, my Cold War painting. Yes, I would like to see those. Hollow Legions. The painting is called Manco la Fortunato. Manco la Fortuna. Manco la Fortuna is uh, what is printed on, a, there's a plaque, a commemorative stone put up by the seventh uh, Bersaglieri Regiment. Ah, yes, Bersaglieri's. On the road between Alexandria and Alamein. The full inscription reads, Manco la fortuna non il valore, which means a lack of fortune, not of valor. Oh, a lack of fortune, not of valor. Yes. Yes. Manco, meaning lack. Yeah. La, meaning of, <laughs> and fortuna, Meaning fortune. Yes. Non il valore means not of. Valore is, of course, that famous valore, song by Valore. Valore. Which is also a material they use in car seats. Oh no, that's valor. Anyway, you want to do this or do you want to? Would you rather hold the. That's uh, fine. I'm looking at a print online. Okay. This is a very nice piece of art, in my opinion. Well, you can own this original art for $5,100. I can, really, I can own it. You can. You can also get a print at Ken Smith Artwork. I think, um, well, Ken Smith has a quote here. It's the first Battle of El Alamein, July 27, 1942. His quote is from Second Lieutenant Ethel Torelli in the Trento Division. We can see the Australians and British advancing rather spread out about 750 yards in front of us all in groups corresponding with their units. We ceased fire with the machine guns and there was still plenty of time for them, but continued with our 47 slash 32s. What weapon is that? When they got within 300 yards, we opened up with everything. The noise was terrific. You could only tell a gun was firing by the smoke and powder coming out of its muzzle. It was almost 11 o'clock. My Tommy gun broke down after about 3,000 rounds. Projector broken. 
The machine gun also played up a bit after 5,000 rounds. But by that time, the attack was beginning to peter out. The British artillery had packed it in. By midday, it was all over. Wow. Well, I guess the Italians won. This work is oil on paper, mounted on an archival lightweight board. It's 28 by 35 inches. Okay, good size painting. And what do you think of the work, Jeff? Well, I, you know, as far as a uh, action sequence, I like it a lot. I like the depth of field on it. I like the muted colors, very uh, realistic, the and the realistic landscape. I think it fits the box very well, and uh, it creates a certain immediacy there. How about that? It does, and you should see that man looking at us over the shoulder of the man firing his rifle in the front. Is that right? Yes. Is he yes. looking at us? Yes, he he's looking at you. He's going to no, I think he's looking at you more. Oh, with my glasses. It's my glasses. He's, he's saying, boy, that guy looks kind of smart with those glasses on. And these guys are uh, taking the, um, when you get in a gully and you take the plus two modifier, shoot, what's the word for it? I was just doing this with Rick Hollander two nights ago. Crest status. Yes. See, they're taking crest status. And they're getting the plus two. And that one guy is standing up in the background. What's he doing? Over to the left. Yeah, they're shooting. Oh, this guy. Man. What's he doing? Well, he <laughs> he's just feeling rather cocky. He is. He's but, daring death. Yes. Just, I dare you, death, to come and take me. And moments later, he was struck by a bullet. Probably so. Historically. So what do you think of this? Piece? I love it. I think actually Kent's work is getting better. Not that it was ever bad. Just these last several covers, we have not covered them all in box art review. Powerful stuff. And you're right, this palette choices, well, of course it is the desert. There's realism to it, but there's still choices the artist is making here. The triangle shape, also Jeff, if you follow from the tank down the standing man and the crouching man, both looking at us, is a sharp angle down. And then off, off the page, and then from the tank along the helmets of the crest line people forms the other angle of the triangle. There's also a closer triangle formed between the two men in the foreground. Oh, yes. To the hat and down to the right, off the rifle. That's why he's also angled that rifle down to help give it that nice triangular shape that we so love in our compositions and artwork. Have you ever seen a, a painting that doesn't have the triangle in it, or do you just see I triangles everywhere? I see them everywhere? I noticed that there's triangle shapes just imprinted on your glasses. Maybe that's what's happening. Is there. that what that is? Yeah. It's my new glasses, too. <laughs> and the smoke of the battle rising up, giving it that action. And that insignia, I searched it, we searched it, I, I couldn't find that insignia. But there was the 62nd Infantry Division Marmarica. But on Wikipedia, it doesn't, the signal doesn't quite look like that. Because it's a 62, you said on the. Yeah, it looks corner. like a 62. I like that, you know, there's really good detail in this. Lots going on, good detail. And I like that this little bit where this guy in the front, 
the insignia, of course, on his helmet is right at the front of his helmet, but he's got his uh, dust goggles, dust goggles turned sideways, kind of off sideways, which I wouldn't have thought to do, yeah. but it just shows a little, uh, it just gives it a little feeling of authenticity. Yes, yeah, so it kind of captures that chaos of war. Yeah. So, and I don't recognize the firearms that they're using. Not no, that I'm not, I'm not that familiar. You mentioned something earlier. Uh, 47 slash 32. Yeah, don't know. Sorry, I don't know the Italian weapons that were just well enough to be able to comment on that, but it's a that's a short weapon. The 4732 is a cannon. Oh, okay. The cannon uh, 47 slash 32 is used as an infantry gun and an anti-tank gun. It was highly effective against medium armored tanks. I said tanks. You're welcome. <laughs> that joke never gets old. Yes, it does. So, and that's, uh, I don't know, somebody, I'm sure people are listening. They're going, ah, Jeff, that is obviously a such and such and such and such da-da-da-da-da uh, rifle, uh -huh. you know, but it's uh, obviously early in the war. It's bolt action. There's no clip on that. It's not a semi-automatic or automatic weapon. You know, I'm just going back from the print online and looking at the picture we have up on the YouTube. The graphics really does kind of mar the painting. <laughs> the graphics of the Hollow Legions yeah, and the MMP really and stuff. Yeah, it's a really nice. It's a really nice piece of work. So, I mean, he did a great job of of featuring a spot where you could put a big title for the box by leaving the true, blue sky true. up at the top. So it kind of fills that in, but um, yeah, I'd like to see it without. And of course that is Perry who is posing for that guy looking at us over the shoulder of the- Is that Perry? Forum. Yeah. Oh. It's Perry and that's Chaz Smith posed for the standing up guy. And that- I'm not even gonna question that. Is, I'm just gonna believe you. <laughs> that is Box Art Review. Thank you Box Art Review for being one of our favorite segments. It's been a while. It's time for rules. You need the rules to play the game and put your opponents through shame. They might seem hard, but that's okay. We're gonna learn them anyway. Searching? You loved this when we were doing the Pacific. Oh, yes. We did. Remember, we did we it did, a lot. We did a lot of searching in the last, those last few. Uh, scenarios we played yeah lots of searching and we which is tough because i mean it takes up time it, yeah it often would take up the time yeah and then it was funny how the next week and we were playing weekly yeah during covid on on the what's the one on the castle yeah. yes <laughs> vaseline we were vaseline and we'd be like dang we just did this last week yeah let's look it up again yeah um as each good order infantry cav multi-man counter ends its move, it may attempt to search for concealed enemy units um, and minefields inaccessible hexes, including its own, yes, by expending one additional movement factor in its present hex and making that die roll. So can the units making the attempt be pinned to search? No. No, they may not. Can they have used assault movement and search? No. No. They cannot. So is the searching unit 
or moving stack TI for the remainder of that player turn? No. Yes. We marked them with the TI. Gosh, why don't I remember that? We, we, we marked could, zillions of them. We zillions of, I think it was also a long time ago. Yeah. You got to keep using it. Yeah. 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 It's true. Is it also TI for the rest of the whole game? No. No. <laughs> if but, it, it's permanent. You have to you have to change your markers yeah. permanently. They can never be used again because they're but TI. I always tell rookies that it is when they're doing it. Yeah. So then remember we would roll that die, one die, and the final die roll indicated the number of hexes you can search. Mm-hmm. Other than its own of yes. the do you remember whose choice, attacker or defender? So if you were searching, did I pick the ones you could search or did you? No, I did. Attacker's choice, yeah. which the unit and stack may. Oh, no, it's the final die roll was the number of accessible hexes other than its own of the attacker's choice, which it may not search. And then may these search hexes include those which the attacker knows contain no hidden units. Did we do it that way? Yeah, we did. Um, we did do it that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. So we, if you rolled a two, you'd go, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to search. I can't search. You can't search those. Yeah. Um, may these search hexes, um, yeah, you can search where you already know there's no hidden units, yeah. such as an open ground or a just traversed hex. And then this diro modifier is modified by the following. I'm wondering if you can grab your search modifier chart and ask me if i can remember what the pluses are for each thing Let's see that search okay search here we chart. go a 12.152 Okay. I can start with Japanese neg two. Is that that would be on the Pacific chart, but neg one if the searcher is oh, stealthy. Yeah, ask tell me the condition and I'll see if I can remember the mod. Okay. Leadership factor of one uh yes. participating leader. Yeah. So if, if neg two if he's a neg two or neg one if he's a neg one. Okay. I guess a plus if he's plus. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, searcher is lax or CX plus one for each condition. Very good, okay. Dave. Well, <laughs> gotta be a one or two. Okay, searcher is stealthy. On uh, neg two. Uh, no, it's a neg one. Oh, okay. Um, per half squad crew greater than one half squad searching. Neg one. Yes. So if you got a squad, it's got the neg one automatically. Yeah. Remember. That's it. Okay. That's it. Japanese, then we're neg two. Added into the. Um... Yes, I believe that is right. <clears throat> yeah. I'd have to look on. That's probably on the nationality chart. And then mopping up. I think we have time to cover these. Yeah. Yeah, right? I think so. Um, during its prep fire phase, an armed, unpinned, good order infantry multi man counter. In a multi-hex or multi-level building, um, I'm going to invent a new ASL term. Instead of saying multi-hex slash multi-level building, 
we're going to start to call them multi-area buildings. Okay. So you don't say multi-hex, multi-level. You just say multi-area building. Okay, good. I and like it, it. if it contains no unconcealed, unbroken enemy unit, you declare that you're becoming TI so that during the prep so that you can secure the building, provided you're within two hexes of every ground level location, uh, which the enemy don't control. So if necessary, then you can use two different guys to both declare mopping up. So between them, they can be within two hexes of every ground level location of the building. Any hidden enemy units are placed on board under a concealment and all dummies removed. This is the mopping up. We did that a couple times. Yeah, I actually don't remember that. So this, this uh, eliminates the need to run into every single hex in order to make sure. Yes, yeah. right. You can do the whole building, just get the people in there. Yeah. And declare it. Okay. Of course, of course, you're TI for a turn. So sometimes it was quicker just to run anyway through it and you can end up advancing out or something. Yeah. Um, and then dummies removed. Other concealed units remain concealed. So if no concealed unit is in there, you've secured the building. And then all broken enemy units in there surrender to units of the attacker's choice inside that building, regardless of their proximity. Now, must each hex in a row house, the one with the black bars in there, must they each be mopped up separately? I would think so, yes. Yes, I mean, treated as separate. Yeah. Are fortified building locations revealed if you're mopping up? Ooh. Yeah, it's hidden fortified building location. Your men are running all over mopping it up. Yeah, would I would they say discover? so. Yes, they yeah. would. Can mopping up be attempted once or twice per building per player turn? Twice. Once. Once per building per player turn. Correct. Okay. You just have to call it for, even with two guys, you just call it the same mopping up. Okay. Process. Can um, can it be attempted even if there's no stairwell available to reach the upper levels? No. I would think no. I would think no. But the answer is yes. Huh. I don't know how. But is a rubbled blazing building location considered part of a building for mopping up purposes? I'm going to say no, but it's yes. I think it just means you are able to clear all those things. I guess. If you declare no quarter or massacre, um, then can you still use mopping up? I have no idea. I didn't either. I can't. I. The answer is no. You're no. a bad boy if you declare no quarter. Yeah. So they're not going to let you just use it to mop up a building. And I, I probably did that illegally at some yeah, point. Yeah. 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 No quarter means no mopping up. Okay. If you search a building, is it possible that the enemy can kill your searchers? Sure. Yes, and that is the search casualties. If a location that's searched mopped up contains an armed good order um, unit, minefield, residual firepower, HE, um, FFE, or if the defender has a booby trap capability, then the defender can make one casualty die roll per search die roll in an effort to cause casualties to the mop mopping up guy or the searching guy. Did we do the casualties in the um, Pacific? I'm sure we did. Um, this 
casualty die rolls in addition to any attack made. So does a final die roll of one on one die cause a casualty reduction to the mopping up unit or is it a two or less? Two or less. It's a one. <laughs> one only. Okay. This casualty die roll is modified. Can you get the chart and tell me the conditions and I'll try to guess the negs on the casualty searching casualty chart. It's probably on the same chart we just had. I don't know. Not. Probably just a little search. A little pause. A casual searching. Yeah. So on this chart, it says the searching and mopping up casualties. If a die roll that is small dr is less than or equal to one then the casualties equals the IFTK result. K slash, okay. Yeah. And it's modified by, is there a list of things? Conditions? It's not. Okay. Where did I get that idea from? All right, never mind then. Yeah. Right of inspection going forward. Okay. If a stack is not concealed before play begins, may you look at the contents? No. Not concealed? You actually may. Oh, not concealed. Yes. Not concealed. Yeah, right. Even if the stack is out of line of sight of all your good order units. Ah, oh, man. We never. It's right at the beginning of the game. Yeah, we never play this, but uh, so I'm not sure which I way it goes. I, we I, need to be better at looking at the guy's stacks, which we do. We're always we just start playing. It's, it's disrespectful. Yeah, it I don't so the answer is no. So you have to have at least someone on your board to have line of sight. Yeah. To, okay. Yeah, to the dudes, then you can look at the whole stack. I don't know. If you come reaching across the table and <laughs> you through my, I'd be snapping your slapping your hand back. This is a smackdown. So, in which case, you may only demand if you can't look. Um, verification of actions taken. The required response to this demand is limited to showing only the information needed. Since this would reveal dummy stacks as soon as they move, players should not ask for verification of movement factors expended by concealed moving units yeah. in exchange for not cheating. <laughs> yeah, and I always think about that as I move a dummy stack. I think I can move this as if there's a leader in there. That's what we learned last yeah. time. Which doesn't seem fair. It doesn't because you. I'm always you're, feeling bad about it. Like oh. everyone gets to go with the leader. Then thinking about that and the mouse and the, and the <laughs> cube. I'm a softy. And so dummy stacks will not reveal hidden fortifications, um, even after entering the location or gaining line of sight to them. Okay. Players should adopt an honor system to balance the desire of the moving player to find hidden fortifications versus his desire to avoid revealing whether the stack is good order. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think we just don't ask if there's anything yeah, around, if it's dummies, you just move. Yeah. Well, the five eighths inch counters then, the large ones, yes. 
Do the rules of concealment apply equally to vehicles? Placing it, losing it. Yeah. Yes. To cavalry. Yes. To just the horse counters without cavalry on them. No. Yes. Oh, they do. Mm -hmm. Can it apply to Godzilla? I'm trying to think of when I've had a horse counter with no cavalry on it. When you dismount, they're just grazing. They're sitting, you threw a bunch in a stack. Haven't you pulled up and dismounted? And then I, I guess, I'm sure I have. They can stay it's concealed. been a long time since I played cap. Yes. Can Godzilla be concealed? I, th I don't think Godzilla can be concealed. He's too big. But he, and he doesn't care. No. <laughs> can bicycles? Uh, just yes. like the horse. Guy. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Except such concealment is lost immediately. Whenever the unit is in the line of sight of a good order enemy crown unit and not in concealment terrain. Or if one of the bikes accidentally rings its bell. Yeah, so in differences, you turn the corner and it's horses concealed, you see them. You turn the corner, it's infantry concealed, they stay concealed in open ground. Bob taught me that, Holmstrom. Okay, horses get revealed. Yeah, if they're in open ground and you turn the corner and you see them. Yeah, okay. Um, I used to have everyone be revealed when you turn the corner and see it. Yeah. And then Bob was like, no. You're, I'm like, Bob, what are they hiding in? They're just sitting there in the open ground hats. They stay concealed. The so, elven cloaks. You know, yeah, that's yeah. the hobbitses have. Yeah. So um, then is concealment lost? when you change your covered arc yes yes regardless of the terrain you occupy woods or open ground doesn't matter yeah i don't think it matters nope it's the answer doesn't matter yeah. uh then uh, it's on the, the chart you know you got to look at that concealment gain loss right. chart kind of stuff a vehicle that sets up just teaching in a woods road hex is considered to be in concealment terrain for the purposes of placing a concealment and abusing hip but thereafter, it's considered to be on the road. So, of course, you say, you know, my vehicle's in the woods road. Is it in the woods or road? You usually have to declare that. In this case, you can cover it up, but then you just treat it as being on the road anyway. And thus, it's in open ground to clear to a clear line of sight trace to it along the road, like the normal when you're on the road in the woods. Yeah. Uh, concealed vehicle in line of sight of a good order enemy ground unit at loses its concealment if hit onto hit table or by a pin task result versus its crew or on the star line. So it's just, you know, the normal ways you lose that concealment for vehicles. Mm -hmm. So how about if it's an anti-tank mine attack that actually gets an immobilization result or better? Will that reveal the concealment? On I would tank? think so. Yes. Yep. Then did you know that any target size dyro modifier for concealed guns and vehicles, you don't reveal it till after the hit die roll is made. So you roll the hit and you miss. Oh, but wait, it's a, a plus one. It turns a hit into a miss. If it's a if it just revealed small target die roll turns a hit into a miss, the vehicle keeps its concealment. Um, and then does it an attempt to fire a smoke dispenser cause loss of the AFV's concealment? Yes. Not an attempt. Oh, 
Yes, okay. You're thinking, Only if it succeeds. If it succeeds, does it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's that smoke over there? Right. So then if a gun, vehicle, cab, horse, bicycle, loot counter loses its hidden concealed status, so does its manning infantry. Can't have the concealed crew, but the gun lose it. And vice versa. So um, the buttoned up crew exposed covered our call down status of a concealed vehicle may be secretly recorded and set up so you don't have to have the extra counters on there okay. um, but must be revealed when the vehicle is unconcealed okay that's a good little trick yeah when a scenario gives on side a number of half inch counters can you choose to make some of them five eighth inch counters instead of half inch yes yes and then finishing up, uh, vehicular movement through concealment. Uh, the presence of any unconcealed unit in a location does not prevent an enemy vehicle from entering that location. That's the rule. And then overrun. Oh, wait a minute. Are we doing this? Ah, I was just going to teach it quick because, yeah, we're getting long on time. And then we'll be done. Uh, should an unbroken vehicle enter a concealed lo enemy's location without bypass or a woods roll road, all concealed enemy personnel in the location must be revealed or take a combined patsy using the lowest current morale level among them, modified by the best leader. A dummy stack takes the patsy with a morale of, do you remember what the number says on the, all the concealment counters? Six, seven, or eight? Eight. Seven. Yeah. Why didn't why don't I remember that? Because I the mind blank. I always was wondering, like, why does this stack? Yeah, why does it have, have a morale yeah, level on? Yeah, that's right. And so you can roll the morale without revealing okay. the actual morale okay. number of what's in there. Yeah. And then if the patsy's failed, all those subjected to it are immediately pinned and revealed. Uh, okay. is the policy. So then a question on bypass with a vehicle. May a vehicle entering a concealed enemy's location using a bypass attempt, um, can they attempt an overrun if they're bypassing the enemy location? Yes. Or no, because you are? Because you're bypassing. bypassing. Okay. And then the concealed units in the location would be revealed due to the vehicle's presence only voluntarily. Oh, he's bypassing, or if the vehicle's uh, ends its movement phase in that location. So that's where, like, you're going to bypass the guys, you want to freeze them, and then you stop in the location. Uh, it says that the concealed unit would be revealed vo only voluntarily, or if the vehicle ends the movement phase in that location. Oh, okay. So I think that means you'd have to enter the building to then make them reveal. So the bypassing, I think you keep it. So sitting in it, if we're wrong, folks, chime in and put a note on the um, website. Since a bypassing vehicle occupies only the hex containing the terrain being bypassed, does it have any effect on the concealment of any units in an adjacent hex? No. No. And that has finished. Wow. 12.42. The rest of it we covered on other shows. Yeah. That was deep. 
that was deep that was deep uh-huh and this there's but good stuff mike is good with this patsy thing and when you're doing the overrun or the bypass to freeze the guys etc cetera, etc cetera. howdy partners we got a treat for you today taking a quick look at the scenarios of the very best march madness volume one we can get you a copy of this. You can enter the contest to, to win that one. Well, the notes here say that they put this pack together from the Partisans pack, which has several scenarios in it. One of which I think is the first one in here, PP03, Ukrainian Mutiny. And that is the Ukrainian Partisans who were working in the camps with the SS were fleeing and being chased by the um, guards from the camp. So this event would be July 4th, 1943. And it is, has uh, for the Ukrainians, caves, six caves, three sangars, fortified building position. It is kind of designed to be a primer on caves. Um, five turns, half a board, 24. Looks really good. Uh, PP04 is partisan fight. This one is apparently there were a lot of conflicts. This is July 6, 1943, between uh, partisan groups fighting each other more than they fight the Germans. And so this has the UPA, which is some Ukrainian People's Army or something, um, that are going to be treated as partisans dealing with partisans and the who are the Polish on the border skirmishes there you know and, and the UPA has to exit points off of the board win and then we take a look here PP05 comes on two sheets this is a larger scenario the board's 39 36 there is a lot to do with forests this has the Soviet elements of the Yale Mountains partisan brigade setting up with 20 pillboxes, 20 wire counters, 10 trenches, 60 AP mines. And then for victory, the Romanians coming on here with lots of squads and stuff, 12, 20 plus, um, there are 30 defending Soviet dudes. And the Romanian player then is searching and digging up all these um, pillboxes and fortifications, um, bunkers. So they all can be hip. And then they got to score 105 points, combat victory points, and each pillbox eliminated is worth three. Special scenario rule seven. Romanian unit may attack an unoccupied pillbox in close combat. Pillbox have a defense strength of one, a successful attack eliminates the pillbox. So that's how you can go about that. And um, yeah, that one looks really cool. It's got mountainy forests. And so there's a special rule for, they. well, the Romanians have scaling ability. When it was the last time you used that and uh, conduct abrupt elevation charge at a lesser kind of move cost or something there. And then, PP08, no simple victory, is the Polish and again NKVD and the um, elements of the Soviet 
commissars coming in and they are trying to take a building hex on board. This one runs eight turns or it's 10 and 42. And um, yeah, that was part of when they were taking over Poland, May 1945 for No Simple Victory. P06, this is a larger one. In the, this case, the Germans are trying to surround and then sweep through uh, Osuchi, Poland, June 25, 1944, to wipe out the partisans there. It has a low visibility for night stuff in the early part, and then it has the freedom of movement restrictions on the Germans in certain places, um, and some AP mine fields. And I think the Germans here also have a uh, OBA, mortar OBA, 81 millimeter. And to win, the partisans are escaping. So they're trying to get the points off the board, moving from east, entering east on three groups and exiting on the west side of the board. I love partisan scenarios. And this one is, uh, Jews have guns, MM03, it's the Warsaw Uprising. Uh, the ZOB uh, is in there, the, the SS are trying to wipe them out, of course, and there's a few of uh, the smaller vehicles for the Germans, roadblocks. This one is a good street fighting one. It's got the um, fanatic partisans with sewer movement, also Maltovs, and they can uh, designate fortified buildings and they have roadblocks that are hasty. So they just treat them as hedges. Um, but that'll be a good street fighting one. And MMO4 is also a city battle. It's Paris. It is uh, the Parisian um, partisans here, about 20 of them with roadblocks, fortified locations. And this one treats all walls as uh, roadblocks also. Uh, Sewer movements in here too. And there's tunnels or NA, but trenches connect all adjacent ground buildings like uh, red barricades uh, trenches can connect through there. And then this one's kind of cool in that the victory conditions are the Germans winning if five or more locations of building 45J3 are in blazes or rubbled. That's difference. I have never seen that before. and. There's a special rule here for how the how the German tanks can fire into the buildings to start a fire more easily. Thanks hey, there. Yeah. The next group are from this Texel pack that they had. It says here the next four from the Texel pack, and it's about fortifications. Big rule, keep in mind with this is both sides have Panzer Faust, which pack a punch when if your opponent is in a pillbox building or behind a wall. So Texel Airport looks really cool. It's got these three boards and the victory, the Germans win. They control six of 11 airport runway locations. And there's the uh, AA guns for the Georgians. I don't know much about this one. It's in uh, Netherlands. Everyone knows what the Netherlands are. In April 14, 1945. Uh, and, but the Georgians are defending and um, both sides have the Panzerfausts and Treks and, well, Treks, uh, a lot of fortifications, 
looks very, very good. And then a smaller one with two boards on the backside, MM11, the Kriegsmarine, the Coog on the mainland. It's got, again, Georgians uh, defending Germans, got to capture building 10 Z6. There's a cupola, we'll just say cupola. And um, yeah, smaller one there. This one looks really good too. MM13 is the Texel Lighthouse. And now that I'm looking this over, I remember seeing a miniatures World War II battle that was set up on this very, uh, very battle that I need to, to look at more closely and learn about this. But the Georgians again are defending and the Germans need to control building 33R8 or rubble locations from it. And the board seven is that the river board is all set up like it's the ocean edge and then the marsh becomes sand, which is kind of cool. Um, fortifications again, you know, everyone's gonna be slugging it out. The Germans got 105 OBA also, no quarters in effect. So, but that looks like a unique situation. And then 15 crossroads at Oopsie, Soxy, uh, Belgium, uh, large one, seven turns, four half boards on that, and victory conditions that Jeff loves. Really long. And then we're saying here these last four scenarios are from the double blind pack. They've been altered a little bit. I really want to try that double blind pack. I don't mind moderating stuff as a judge. Uh, it could be real fun not knowing what's on that board or what the opponent has. But it's one of these evil destruction is huge. This is by that state farm west of Prokoroka. That is in the new Prokoroka game from the guys over in Italy. And um, so, yeah, it's uh, massive. It's got all the armor, C-34 Churchills with the, with the Soviets and the Lots of German vehicles, Panzers, Force Fives. Okay, um, I think most of you are familiar with that battle. And uh, MM17 busting Bocage back in France. U.S. German action, six turns, board H and F. A little starter kit boards, H and F. And um, wrapping it up. And let's lastly take a look here at Fort Nine, 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 number nine, number nine, number nine. Uh, Warsaw, Poland. This is uh, victory. Germans need to control more greater locations of the row house than Polish control, including cellars. Ten possible locations. There's a nice little battle for building. Apparently, the Germans assault this thing from three sides on this fort. Historically, there's a footbridge and a moat. Um, or 3A and 6A. I'm having problems remembering what the A ports were. Those does. Um, I don't know why I am. Uh, looks cool. Got a lot of overlays on several of these. Might be a slight drawback, but I'm telling you, you're going to want this pack. And we got this pack here. Don't forget, this stuff is made by some of the best in the ASL Paul Works, Tom Meyer, Dan Best, Rick Reinish, to name a few. Um, so yeah, we you can get this pack from us right here at the two half squads because 
we're going mad. We're going mad. It's a crazy thing, folks. So just send us an email with the subject line saying they've gone mad, and we'll put you into the contest and send this pack, beautiful pack, right on out to you. Can't get it at the Kansas City ASL site, but you can get it here from us because we've gone mad. And um, you can also get it at the ASL Scenario Archive for $15, I think, digital, digital download. But this isn't digital. This is real physical product, folks. Get it here. Go ahead and send us that email now. Bye-bye. So now we've got your uh, microphone turned on correctly. We do have it yes. turned on correctly now. Got a little uh, technical difficulty. That's because our engineer, Tony, Tony got the day off. Because it's Memorial Day. Yeah. So sorry about that, folks. Well, Jeff, um, who do we want to thank for this show? Well, we want to thank our very good sponsor and longtime friends over at Bounding Fire Productions. Bounding Fire Productions. And Bounding Fire did a great thing by coming up with a very handy URL domain name, which is boundingfire.com. You can just go to boundingfire.com and see lots of ASL products. That's where you should be shopping for your ASL products. First of all, they feature all of their own products, such as Into the Rubble, Beyond the Beachhead, High Ground, Operation Cobra, Blood and Jungle, Crucible of Steel, Poland in Flames. I'm taking all these off the top of my head. Corrigador, Objective Schmidt, Onslaught the Orsha, Operation Neptune. I mean, it's, it's a pretty fantastic list. Indeed. And uh, not only great historical recreations, but, well, simulations, scenarios, I guess we could say, um, but great quality products. So get over there to Bounty Fire. And, you know, they don't, I don't know if you knew this, Dave, they don't sell only their own products. They also sell products from our friends across the big ocean at LFT, LaFranc Terrier products. And uh, so head over to Bounding Fire and spend all your money because I know you've got some. You do somewhere. If you don't, go steal some. Yeah. And send it to Bounding Fire. Tell them the two half squads send you and they'll blow you a kiss. We also like to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Oh, yes, very much so. Thank Indeed. you. There, there are a lot of ways you can support the show. Patreon is one of our favorites because it, it's cash <laughs> and helps help support the show. Keeps us in uh, plenty of knee-deep in products, I would say. It does, indeed. It's great. And we um, have upcoming show. I, Jim Bishop, there's a probability that we'll be interviewing Jim. So if you have a question you'd like us to ask, we don't promise we'll ask them all because you might ask a silly question. Like, yeah. Are you related it? to Joey Bishop? Yeah. What's your favorite color? You know? Yeah. Um, so, but we might get your question asked if you want to email Gmail one to us. And that would be, is that 298? Episode 299. Yeah. One of those two. Yeah. And then comes 300. So yeah, episode 300 coming up in July. So block off your July. If you've got plans for vacation, cancel them. Indeed. And don't forget the contest. Now we have two going. I yes. just introduced the March, very best of March madness. Send us that Gmail with they've gone mad in the subject line. And 
you have a few more days left. When does the other one end? Uh, June 10th, I think we said, for Mickey Plays ASL, if you want the mouse pad and the mouse. From Broken Ground. Mouse from Broken Ground. Indeed. Great stuff. There's all, we already have a lot of submissions on that, but there's room for more. Our, our inbox can handle more. Yep. So send them in. You might be a lucky winner. What else? I think that's about it then. Okay. I guess that's going to wrap up this show. I'm going to go take care of this mouse issue. So if you hear a lot of screaming and maybe gunfire, that's what that is. But good to see you, Dave. Good to see you, sir. And uh, we'll see you next time on the two half squads. But remember, until then, roll low and rally, rally well, well, but, but not, not when you're playing, playing us. us. Seriously. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.